speaking of capturing people, uh, did you hear about this? This is a big story today. It's a plan by Toronto police to install CCTV cameras in the Jane Finch area. And uh, some people are not so happy happy about it in the community. Uh, one community member has launched an online petition against the move. By the way, this is part of a $3 million plan by the province to increase the number of CCTV cameras in Toronto from 34 to 74 to curb gun violence. The problem here is that some community members say that there wasn't enough um, heads up on this. And they think that it will increase racial profiling by police. Here to talk about it with us, David Perry, who's our 640 Toronto crime and security analyst. Dave, welcome to the show. Good to have you on, as always. Are you with me, Dave? Hang on a second. Dave, are you with me? Apparently, it's my first time using the new phones. You gotta. Can you pick that up for me? Do you think? No, Dave. You put it once. through. Here, Kelly. Oh yeah, there you are, Dave. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Sorry about the technical issue. That's all right. Was it on your end? I think it was on my end. All right, perfect. Things are still going well, Sheba. <laughs> We're doing okay. We are uh, on the rails. So, Dave, let's talk about this because the Toronto police are saying this was part of a plan the province made with the police. They would offer more money to uh, help curb gun violence in the city of Toronto. We know it's uh, the gunplay is completely out of control. We need to uh, make sure that we are keeping members of the community safe, but we're in a, a time of modernization and transformation within the Toronto Police Force. They're trying to build bridges in communities where things have broken down and um, you know some uh, bad elements have taken hold, and they really want to keep uh, people safe in, their, in those communities. Um they say that they spoke with community members and did town halls and went through all the proper um, groups to to get some feedback on if they want security cameras. And everybody came back as saying, yeah, we just want to feel safe. Do you see a problem with this? No, I don't see any problem with it. Um, just the opposite. Always concerned when somebody makes a public statement like I read about today where they, they actually say in public that having cameras are about surveilling black and racialized communities and members of young people. And, and that's just not true. I, I, the cameras are there to deter and to detect gun violence. And that's all it's about. It doesn't matter about culture. It doesn't matter about race. It doesn't matter about anything. It's there to, to deter gun violence. And whoever gets picked up on those cameras and they're committing a crime, it's used as a crime-fighting investigative tool. Why wouldn't the members of the public in that community want that? David, uh, the uh, specifics are uh, the police told the CBC that they uh, wish to be completely transparent about the installation of the cameras. Therefore, they're notifying all of our relevant community stakeholders of the locations. They will use the camera footage only to deter crime. So they will not be um, they won't be monitoring them in real time. And that does happen in some uh, places like in Dublin, Ireland. They can just reposition cameras at at their will. I've been in the room where all the cameras uh, screens are and you you just look at them there's tons of them there must have been like a hundred and and cops could actually move them to to keep an eye on the streets they're not going to um be doing that rolling on it in real time basically they will capture the video in public spaces and then it'll be held for 72 hours before it's erased and re-recorded over um so i guess that's comforting they're just going to use this if something goes down so that they can see if they can identify any of the uh, the people involved. Exactly. And, um, you know, whether it's the police that put them up or somebody else, I mean, it's today it's the first piece of technology we go after in a crime scene. So let's just say at Jane and Finch, you don't put these 
police or public cameras in there, the police still go after every security camera within a couple of city blocks when there's a violent crime that takes place. And usually it's, uh, you know, it's by consent and if necessary, sometimes by judicial authorization through a warrant, but they still get the video. And, and to me, we have to listen to the people in the communities that are living in fear or having to keep their children locked indoors because of the gun violence. And those are the people that we need to listen to. And I've been in those communities. I've worked in those communities. And by far, those people tend to be the silent majority, the people that want the police to be there. They want technology to support them and to help, uh, you know, deter crime. So I'm I'm all for this. I think this is the absolute next step in technology and keeping up with the rest of the world. Look what they're doing in London, as you said, in London, England, real-time cameras on every corner. Of course, that's because of the historic terrorism acts that have happened over the past couple of decades. But my prediction is that Toronto's 10, 15 years behind, that sooner or later we will have monitoring centres where, you know, special constables are in there monitoring live because the crime rate continues to grow. All right, let me ask you this, Dave. Do we have stats on how often footage is used, uh, video footage, in arrests? I don't know if we have stats, but I can tell you, again, it's the first thing that investigators go after. Right. Um, You know, there was a break and enter on my street uh, on Christmas Eve as I was, you know, going for a quick walk around 10 o'clock with my family, and there were police officers and canine on my street and a helicopter flying above my house. And I said, what's going on? And I said, well, we just had a break and enter. And one mm-hmm. officer, his, his, his role, at least partially, was walking up and down our street and writing down every address that had security cameras at the front. And, of course, the next day they go back and they grab all that security video in the hope that they captured you know, the person responsible, uh, a vehicle make, very rarely do we ever get a plate. The technology is not that good, but they go after what they can go after. And it's it's a very useful tool. We see it every day on the news, videos being released about a crime. And these videos have become crucial to solving these crimes. Are signs going to deter people from committing crimes in certain areas, though? Because they're going to have signage below the cameras to alert members of the public that they are entering an area that is being... Uh, filmed, isn't that going to just move crime to another area? Not necessarily. Um, it's surprising and shocking when you look at some of these uh, cameras and the footage. The last thing that the suspects do is look up at the camera. Interesting. It's, it's bizarre. They know the cameras are there. They commit the crime. And the last thing they do is they glance and go, uh-oh. <laughs> and and they know that their, their image has probably been just captured. But, no, it, it's, it, it's partially a, a deterrent for crime. But more importantly, it's a law enforcement tool for capturing. And we have to get back to some basics in law enforcement. Uh, There's too many people saying that we can't arrest our way out of these problems. They're only partially right. Arresting, apprehending, uh, putting people in jail who are committing very violent crimes, like those armed robberies that happened up in York, uh, that's a a huge deterrent. And if that can be supported and, and solved through technology and cameras and who wouldn't be for that yeah dave uh i wanted to bring that up with you so i'm happy you brought it up uh, york regional police say that they arrested i believe it was three teens they were under the age of 17 involved in a violent bank robbery yesterday uh they had guns handguns and uh, a knife there were stabbings uh and some head injuries 
that um, uh, luckily I believe everybody's going to be okay that worked in the bank, uh, the victims of this crime, but they caught the perpetrators. I hear there's been a rash of uh, bank robberies in the GTA as of late. What are you hearing and what can, I mean, that seems like a weird place to hit when we're not handling or keeping money like we used to behind a till. It's all kind of, you know, in this little machine that the uh, teller has to go to in the back and then brings the money out. I mean, that's going to take time. Yeah, it tells you a lot about the uh, sort of lack of intelligence and sophistication of, of bank robbers these days. They tend to be one of two things, either very desperate and, and therefore commit like really, really crazy acts of violence to uh, in the hope of just getting whatever they can get from a bank. Or it's uh, it's this new uh, thrill crime where they're going out and they're doing this, you know, mostly for the thrill of going in and holding up a bank and having those bragging rights. And then the extraordinary violence that we're starting to see right across Canada, not here in the GTA, uh, where they're going in they're, and they're committing violence is always unnecessary. But we've all been in banks. We know that the staff that work in banks, they're, they're trained not to resist. They're trained to just uh, comply completely with demands and hand over the cash. And in spite of that happening, uh, we, ha- we see these horrendous acts of violence where people are pistol whipped. Sometimes they're shot. In yesterday's occurrence, uh, I think three or four staff members were stabbed. Do we know if they resisted at all? We we don't have the full story yet, though, do we? We don't have the full story, but I'm going to tell you that from my experience that I've been to hundreds of armed robberies, and I've seen hours and hours and hours of video, I've never, ever seen somebody in a bank resist. You know, I, Mm. I actually work with most of the major banks in my private business, and they train exactly the opposite. And it's it's significant training. They're trained on exactly what to do when somebody walks in to rob a bank, and it's nothing but full compliance. It's all about their safety and the public safety, and there's there's policies and there's training all about how they're to respond when somebody comes in the bank. And I guarantee you, when the information comes out on this one, you're going to see that this was just violence for the sheer thrill of being violent. And these young people today... Uh, that are committing these acts are, are are at a new level, and it's you know we might as well get used to it. The the entry level into guns and gangs is is very young teens. That's terrifying. It's All the terrifying. more reason to make sure that we uh, can identify these people uh, quickly and at least uh, you know continue on with our community programming. I want to just turn our attention very quickly because I only have like about thirty seconds with you to share the news because on Monday or Tuesday it felt like a Monday but it was really a Tuesday we had you on the program to talk about how uh, there was a donation. Uh, for an armored vehicle that the cops were going to be, Toronto Police Services were going to be deba- uh, debating at their upcoming board meeting. Apparently, the the uh, donation of $275,000 for that new armored vehicle has now been pulled because of community backlash. It was from the Interior Systems Contractors Association of Ontario, and they said, we have a long history of giving back to local communities, which we live and work. In that spirit, we agreed to assist the Toronto Police with the acquisition of a new vehicle to support their Emergency Task Force, in light of the community's concern regarding this initiative, our volunteer board has decided to redirect these funds to other community causes. Thoughts? Sad. <laughs> we we're, we've become this overly sensitive culture today where, you know, a, a special interest group or one person identifying himself or herself as being charged of a group, they make a noise. They don't want the police to have anything. They don't want to have the police to have any tools, technology, camera, armored vehicles for public safety. They make a little bit of a whimper, and everybody pulls out just because they're afraid that they're going to be criticized. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think that the police, uh, 
should run the show in the streets? Of course, with community consultation and lots of interaction and communication and transparency. But when it comes down to public safety, the people in charge of public safety are the police. If they believe and can make a good business case and they communicate it to the properly, properly to the uh, communicate to the community properly and they get people on board and yeah, there's always going to be the naysayers and the negatives. Why don't we just do it? And why don't we try and reverse the crime trend that we're seeing around the country, which is extraordinarily out of control. David, I appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. Anytime. Cheers. David Perry, 640 Toronto Crime and Security Analyst.